And the Lord God said... Stop misquoting me. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Don't fucking at me. <laughs> God says don't fucking at me. <laughs> Let's talk about Killer Mike's ass. Well, we did talk about him a little bit. You want to talk about his new L? Yeah, because man just can't... He, he just can't stop taking him. Look, I saw someone say... You, you can't spell Killer Mike without two L's and look. <laughs> My God. At least this time, he fucking was Man. like, all right. Okay, I did kind of <laughs> yeah. fuck up. So He's like, you know what? Let me get ahead of this. <laughs> <laughs> when people are fucking calling you to delete your entire social media presence because you're so fucking embarrassing, that might be the point. Uh, so, we talked last week about Killer Mike and his NRA TV interview and his weak-ass apology. This week, uh, Joy Reid posted a picture on her, uh, Instagram with, uh, two ladies who she credited as two, her, uh... Two lovely ladies. As her H and M. Mm-hmm. And, uh, said all this and was like, oh, uh, I was so... It was, it, um, it was such a great job working with these ladies. I love them so much. Killer Mike decides to randomly see this shit, see that she says H and M, and think she's referencing H and M the store. Yeah, yeah. And makes a really snide comment of, "Oh, it's uh, it isn't okay for me to stand up for black gun ownership, but you're gonna have Joy Reid up there promoting the uh, little black boys." as, like, monkeys or whatever, because it was their website that did the, like, what was it, coolest monkey in the jungle or some shit? Yeah, yeah. Immediately, Joy Reid was like, H&M stands for hair and makeup, which I'm just going to say, I'm not the biggest Joy Reid fan, but just as just as an aside, is that a widely used thing for people to just use H&M in all caps to stand for hair and makeup, or is that just something that, like... Well, I think it was just, it was so understood that that's what they did. Because, you know, in the context of the post, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at it, it's like, oh, well, if you are a, you know, if you're a woman who probably works in the, you know, modeling, makeup, whatever industry, you probably hear H&M. They probably do say that a lot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, like, if you go to, like, an art school, they have design and production, but they don't call it design and production. They call it DMP. Okay. I got you. That makes sense. And so, like, yeah, like, within the industry, of course, they're going to have shorthand, you know, words for things, you know? It does feel weird, though, that Killer Mike is just randomly out there looking for a fight. Not even think about what he could, like, what is the possible context? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, what what's the context? He She rocked the H&M for our Elgin Baylor shoot? Well, wait, why why would it be H&M and Elgin Baylor? Are there two different companies right uh, whatever yeah. i'm just gonna not talk about it. you know like if you don't know then you just yeah i'm just not gonna say anything you know what i'm saying like just like basically if you don't know just shut the fuck up like and and i assume <laughs> that he must follow her to have seen that right like he wouldn't just randomly look on joy reed's instagram to see that shit he had yeah, to have like, seen you it have in to be, i'm timeline. assuming you're like in some way cool with them yeah you know? and and i get it you know she isn't the biggest Bernie supporter, so maybe he still has hurt feelings over that shit. Oh, it could be that too, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Even if it were true that she was working with H&M, right? Even if that was absolutely true. It's like, 
man, just let this black woman get her fucking money. And, you know, it's just like, you don't know what her fucking situation is. You know, if, if that, if she's like, uh, you know, dealing with this problematic company, hey, shouldn't you be like, hey, you know, black woman, get your money from these racist motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, game the system, you know? Speaking of black women getting that money, dude, this fucking week, like, 2018 has been notorious for days that feel like weeks, weeks <laughs> that feel like months, because the good shit and the bad shit, dude, it just comes in such giant waves. So, on Friday, we're not going to jump ahead to the reviews yet, but I just want to put it into perspective of what my Friday was like. Mm-hmm. I wake up. Oh, fuck, the new, uh... Zarface and MF Doom thing dropped. Oh shit, new Flatbush Zombies too? Oh yeah, and last night, Amine came out with a new music video. I'm gonna have to watch that. Oh, but <laughs> fuck all that, because Cardi B has a new album, so everything else, <laughs> fuck all that shit. Cardi <laughs> B's coming through, and now we're over here like, oh, we're gonna be talking about the new Cardi B thing. All of a sudden, before we go on the air, Nicki Minaj is like, hey, fuck you, bitches, I got two new songs out. It's like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> ah! And Janelle Monet is like, hey, look over here. I got a new single. And it's like, I only have two eyes. <laughs> how, you know, hey, how am hey, I supposed hey, to be able to pay we, attention to all this shit? You know what? You know what? I'm going to say this right now. Let's not bitch. This is a blessing. It let's really count these is. blessings right now. Let's let's do like Lecrae say. Let's count these blessings because we remember what the fuck 2016 was. All right. You know, I, I was about to bring this up, and now I almost don't want to. But since it's a minor thing, it's a minor thing. It's not bad. Let me bring it up. So T Pain made a post. Oh. And he was talking about like you know I love you so much. I love my wife. You know. And he says um let me read it verbatim. Right. It says uh I love you so much, baby. Speaking of you know black love, black solidarity. Yeah. I love you so much, baby. I see people hating on us so much, and I bet they've never experienced love nowhere near the levels you give me. Man, this is... Wow, that's that's beautiful, you know? You've dealt with so much bullshit for me and came out of it a new woman with new goals, and I can't believe how dope you are. You are a gift from God, and I can confirm this for my many different angels and proofs. If I catch you with another nigga, I'm going to kill both of you with a deadly weapon for sure, but I'll leave you for last because I'm a fucking gentleman. That's how much I love you, lady. Enjoy the worship. <laughs> so, now... <laughs> I don't think it takes a rap critic. (laughs) No! What the hell? Where things kind of went a little left. (laughs) Five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) A conversation got bored. Murder your ass. (laughs) What the hell? So now I get it. I get that it's a joke. But here's the thing about text it doesn't really give you a lot of inflection or nuance so and here's the thing t-pain hey you know between you two you you probably understand your relationship you probably joke with each other all the time because you love each other and you're so in love with each other but we don't have that context and you know what we do have the cut and you know what we do have the context for a lot of people who beat women (laughs) like that's been a really big thing in the past year people who have not been very respectful to women Men who murder women for leaving them or even saying no when they're proposed to. Yeah. It happens a lot more than I'm sure T-Pain would like to think about when he's trying to make a cute little joke online. Going back to dude who filmed his girlfriend's pug doing something inappropriate. You could just fucking send that as a video to her phone 
in a text message and be like, haha, look, look what I trained your dog to do. It's very different than, I'm just gonna post it up on YouTube for three million people to see. Yeah. Don't know me like that and don't know the context. So, like, I hope T-Pain either takes that shit down or posts something of, like, an acknowledgement. Like, hey, I understand that, you know, abuse is a thing, but that was just a joke between me and her, and I'm sorry that... If it, it, I'm sorry that it hurt anyone who, you know, is actually going through that, you know? Yeah, don't double up, T-Pain, and be yeah. like, fuck <laughs> Don't your double feelings. down. Yeah, like, uh. oh, well, free speech. Oh, no. Oh, no, T-Pain. T-Pain, no, T-Pain teams up with Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I was just going to say, Ricky Gervais, it's not a big surprise, but T-Pain. There was something we didn't get to talk about last week because it hit kind of late, but I got to talk about it. And I know everyone's wondering... What our thoughts are. I saw comments on last week's episode being like, man, I thought they were going to talk about it, and no one said shit about it. Fucking Walmart yodeling kid. That old woman over there, she's just like looking, just like, it looks like she doesn't know whether or not she wants to be angry. <laughs> if, it's, if that kid is like keeping her from getting in line, yeah, I'd be super <laughs> mad. He's obviously got a skill. Uh, yodeling isn't easy. He's got a good voice on him, but everything about this kid pisses me off. Why? Like, I've seen pictures of him, and he embodies everything that annoys me with white people, just pet peeves. Like, <laughs> little- Just white people in general? Little? Well, I don't like kids, first of all, so he's got that going against him. But he's a little blonde white kid- and in the pictures, he's wearing a goddamn big-ass cowboy hat. In the video, he's wearing these cowboy boots. Like, why do you need any of that? I don't know why it annoys me. He's but a showman! When, when I see little kids in cowboy hats or, like, bolo ties or some shit, it's like, that shit ain't cute, man. Like, unless you're working on a goddamn farm... You don't need that shit. Maybe they're in Texas, bro. People do dress like that normally. <laughs> that that old lady isn't. That old lady's but, wearing see, her goddamn cardigan. My thing is, it's like, what <laughs> what is happening? Like, okay, yeah, so this is, what could you? Did his mom make him do that? Did, is he doing this of his own volition? Like, why is he singing? Why is he doing this? Just gotta sing, mom. Or yeah, is she like a fucking stage parent? Yeah, like, is this some sort of marketing tactic, you know, by some sort of, like, uh, child acting agency, you know? Like, he performed on Ellen either yesterday or today, so that's pretty much as big as it's gonna get. Like, I saw the official Walmart Twitter is saying, hey, we're gonna have this kid perform at a store for, like, an audience. Man, I need to shut up. No one cares about you. No one actually cares about you, Walmart. (laughs) No one cares about you, and nobody likes yodeling. This is the reason that I messaged you in the first place. (laughs) Because fucking memes will take off or whatever. People will run with and laugh at whatever for days, even if it's, like, not funny. What confused me was especially black folks' obsession with this kid. What, What were they saying? They were just like, oh my god, I fucking love this. Or like, I can't get enough of this shit. Is this an ironic thing? Or are you for real? I don't know, because I, I don't see the appeal. I As soon as he hits that first little, like, yodel thing, I lose my shit. Because I, I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. 
like I laugh and I cringe really hard. Maybe because of his like awkward pose. He just looks uncomfortable and he's tapping his boot. <laughs> I don't know what they expect. What's the end game? Remember how the backpack kid was a thing for like a couple weeks and it was like, oh, now he's in a Katy Perry music video. Okay. Is there anything after that? Uh-huh. Or is that the goal? Hey, I made a funny vine of me doing this dopey dance. Now I'm doing it in a music video. Like, are you going to see him in movies? Or, like, yodeling is a very specific, very niche thing. Like, you got country, then you got bluegrass, then you got newgrass. Never on the radio would you ever hear fucking yodeling, right? So yeah, it's like this is being treated like a novelty, like oh look, someone yodeling, how ridiculous! Like oh, he he might be featured on The Voice one week, yeah. But then maybe he'll get a record deal. But again, who fucking buys yodeling? This is treating music as like you know a fun little like oh, isn't it cute that this person sings? It's like well, no, because there are there's an entire industry where people actually take that seriously, and there's a culture behind that, you know? It feels particularly exploitative. And, and matter of fact, I, I want to say the same for Backpack Kid, you know? And damn Daniel, I, I, ain't all these motherfuckers been on Ellen? And they're all little white kids, you know, like fucking 12-year-old high school white kids and shit, or, or uh, excuse me, like within like the 10 and 15-year-old range and shit. Like, what, what the fuck is going on? Exactly, yeah, like, oh, look at these cute little white boys doing something dumb, you know, like, or doing something silly and, 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 you know, out of the norm, you know? Like, well, because, like, I'm sorry, but Backpack Kid doesn't impress me. Like, well, no, I don't think it's supposed to. But you make a very interesting point, because even from a marketing standpoint, like, these are all innocuous, safe things, you know? They just seem so sanitary. Like, you've got a little white kid in a Walmart wearing cowboy boots yodeling. Like, all of that makes sense and sounds right, you know? White kid in Walmart wearing cowboy boots, he's blonde-headed, he's yodeling. Okay, of course he is. From a marketing standpoint, wouldn't it get more views if it was a black kid? No, hell no, it wouldn't. You don't think so? Because that's even less mm -mm. expected. No, 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 no. It, like, mm. the fact that it's a little innocent white kid, like, America eats that shit up. I guess you're America right, yeah. like little Mexican kids. <laughs> see, see, that's where my mind would go. Because no, I think that would then, add no, 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 to no. the novelty. Because if you have a cute little Mexican kid, now I'm thinking about immigrants. Now I'm thinking about, you know, uh, uh, racial tensions. Now I'm thinking he's about... He's a dreamer. Yeah. Exactly. But if it's a little white kid, there, there's no context associated with that. It's just, oh, little innocent white kid. I remember being an innocent little white kid. You don't got to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That makes Damn sense. Daniel, uh, Catch Me Outside. You know, they're all oh. people who are like... Yeah, I mean, Catch Me Outside's a little... You know, different because well, that to be in black. itself was exploitative because but, it was but like she's still yeah, she's still a thirteen-year-old girl who's not actually like you know she's not intimidating anyone with her thoughts and ideas. People are making millions of dollars off of ooh, come see this cute little kid, and I feel like I feel like these are the new child stars, right? In yeah. fifteen years, they're gonna be oh, whatever happened to Backpack Kid? You know? Oh no, because it's yeah. like what the fuck is this? What, We're gonna like, find Backpack out Backpack kid. Kid's mom embezzled all the money. <laughs> Because all he did was move his arms to the side. Like, uh -huh. fucking so? Honestly, like, this kid's just yodeling in Walmart. So? Like, it feels like a thing that a random fucking algorithm put together. Like, what's the most inoffensive thing we could make? You know? A 13-year-old inoffensive white girl rapping. You know? 
a little white kid in a in a cowboy boot and hat in a Walmart. That's American, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's such a break from my worries about the about the issues and the inequality and it it makes me forget about black people kneeling. Yeah, exactly. Seeing seeing a white kid yodeling a Walmart, watching the new Roseanne, it makes me forget about Black Lives Matter. It makes me forget about uh, about trans rights. It makes me forget about DACA. It makes me forget about the border wall because it's a little toe-headed, little blonde white kid in a Walmart. And who can't relate? Woo! Woo! <laughs> Is that just going to be our thing now? Who can relate? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You did this to yourself, Logic. It's like, man, I, you know, I, I killed a man in cold blood yesterday. I didn't even flinch when the knife went into his belly. Who can relate? Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm listening to the new Logic album, the one that changed the game. Who can relate? Woo. <laughs> Fucking. Why did you Hashta- have to put that hashtag in? Hashtag woo, hashtag trend, hashtag Walmart, <laughs> hashtag... You know, Hashtag I was listening Rick to this Flair. at a Walmart conveni- conveniently. And, oh, conveniently, you can buy a Logic's new CD in, at the Walmart <laughs> Music Guy. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm trying to say? Like, <laughs> Man, Logic, why'd you have to put that in the song about suicide prevention? <laughs> I know! Like, but dude, why, man? Especially in, in that fucking album we listened to. There were so many songs on the album. Like, whoa. Like, whoa. Like, yeah. so many songs on there. That were lighthearted and goofy. That's where you put the who can relate woo. You don't yeah. put it in the goddamn I don't want to live anymore. I want to <laughs> die. Who can relate woo. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Time and place. Got, yeah. We got to get down to brass tacks because it, it. it is a stacked show. Man, we never even talked about Ric Flair being in a music video, but <laughs> yeah. that, that happened. Dude. And and it was so sad because his woo was not good. Like it was no. like woo. <laughs> it's like no stop. He had the sub Travis Scott woo. Yeah. <laughs> this week on the Going Off podcast, we have got two albums we're talking about this week. Two giant names in their own right. We have got one patron requested album review and one aforementioned new release. We have got Tupac. And Cardi B. Here is where things are going to get interesting. I think, um... Oh, you think people are going to... I think people are going to take issue, yeah. You're going to be like, oh, ah, uh, you, you reviewed this new <laughs> album and you're reviewing this classic album. Oh, oh, if you rate it too differently or too close, that's got to be saying something about it. Look, guys, art does different things at different times. Okay? Right. Cardi B's not trying to do what Tupac is doing. No. All right? Let's not do that, okay? We're judging this album as a 1991 black male artist, you know, who who is putting out his debut album. And we're judging Cardi B as a uh, Afro-Latina woman, you know, in 2018. You know what I'm saying? Putting out also her debut album. But the point is... But, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe as we go along, you'll be able to see, you know, make your own little, you know, parallels and conclusions. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which one do you want to start with? I think we got to start with the Tupacalypse now, bro. We got to start with Tupac. So, previously yeah. on the show, we had talked about All Eyes on Me, 
And this time, mm. we're going all the way back with another Patreon-requested album review. Uh, who requested this one? This is from Eric Schinefeld. See, the thing that's interesting with Tupac, and I mentioned this when we talked about All Eyes on Me, is that Tupac was an artist that, and here's where people are going to tell me that I have no right to talk about hip-hop because of it, um, that I never really got into as much as other acts from the time. For me, like, he was cool. I was cool with him. I knew about the big hits. But yeah, I wasn't, like, buying his albums. Yeah. Right. So when we had talked about the other one, that was my first time hearing it. And subsequently, this was my first time listening to, uh, to Apocalypse Now. And I'm just going to start off by saying this. I liked this album a lot more than All Eyes on Me. I would actually say exactly the same. This album, dude, for scope, okay? I just want to paint the picture. 1991. (laughs) The same album that gave us Death Certificate. Right, same year. Fucking gangster rap. Probably the best it's ever gonna get. Like, 91, 92, maybe, is... You're on fucking fire. As much as I like Death Certificate. Fucking Tupac, dude. I get it. I get it now. The only thing that I would say is I could see people not digging the production. Because it's a little dated. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could say that. Especially comparing it to, like, an Ice Cube or whatever. Like, the samples aren't Yeah, as yeah. It's a lot. In fact, there's uh, one or two times where things are actually, like, it's a really inspired uh, sample. But we're going to get that to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. We start off with Young Black Male, which, in contrast to Cardi B, just to show you how much of a contrast this is going to be, starts off with, hard like an erection, Young Black Male. (laughs) (laughs) Man. It's like, all right, this is what we're in for. (laughs) One of two songs I didn't really care for, only because it's barely a song. Yeah, oh, uh, what was the other song? Okay, so the thing about Tupac is he's a very, he is the evolution of gangster rap, right? Yeah. Because... N.W.A. came out and we're like, we don't give a fuck. We're going to tell you what reality is like. Yeah. And then Tupac comes along. He's like, you know, he's taken in. Uh, he is a student of both N.W.A. and Public Enemy. Right. Mm. So he was like, I want to combine the 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 hard pissed off, you know, fucking I'm going to fuck you up angle of uh, uh, N.W.A. with the intelligence of Public Enemy. And let's not forget his affiliation with Digital Underground. He's 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 a fucking melting pot, Tupac. Like he was at the perfect intersection of like hip hop to release this album. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, so we have a uh, trapped, which is okay. Like you know how sometimes I quote you know little uh, verses, mm. I mean little parts of verses, little, little couplets. I couldn't even fucking do that here because like the whole, every like there are some songs in here where like the whole verse is just great. Yeah, it is like how he goes through it. So. You have Trapped, which is all about, you know, being sort of caught up in a situation and how, like, being in the ghetto, like, promises that you're just fucked and you're never going to leave. Then you have, what is it? I think it's Soldier's Story. It's like, oh, he wanted to be a soldier. A soldier. He, he is a storytelling motherfucker, right? Like, the first three tracks, we already get two storytelling songs, you know? And this one's about, this This one basically seems like the um, the next level of, uh, remember the song Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos by Public Enemy, you know, about breaking out of jail? So so this one's about ba- breaking his big brother out of jail, you know? It's like they arrested him just because he was getting his money, so we're going to fucking fight back against the system. And of course, now, what I love about Tupac telling the story here is that this is gangster rap in a way that's grounded. 
Because the problem with a lot of gangster rap, uh, especially today, especially later on in the 90s, you know, motherfuckers would kill, like, entire fucking country's worth of people. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, I killed this person, I killed that person. But with him, it's not about, I killed a whole bunch of people. It's like, here's this story about me trying to break this person out. And then, like, when he tells you the violence that happens, it means more. That's why I specifically compared it to Ice Cube. Because mm-hmm. Ice Cube also very good at telling a story in gangster rap. Like, yeah, yeah there's NWA yeah, and definitely. all that other all those other folks at the time, but Ice Cube, he added the like the slick rick, like I'm I'm gonna tell a story with this shit. Like mm-hmm. a tale from, Except he's except he's angry instead of chilled out, you know. He's very angry and there's a lot of uh sexism, there's homophobia. Oh definitely. Not so much from Tupac. It's a lot more respectful. Yeah, I don't think he dropped the F-bomb once. I think he might have said gay at one point, but I think that might have been as far as it goes. Yeah, yeah. And that's... I'll, I'll take it. You know what? For yeah. 91, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, so he says, um, and I don't give a fuck. He, he talks about... like Again, there's all the aspects of blackness that he fucking covers. He, uh, earlier, he talks about you know the revolutionary blackness. Before, he talks about being a black man just like... You know, just being a hustler and having the police deal with you. This one, he's just talking about, like, you know, I'm going to the fucking bodega on the fucking, you know, the corner store, and I keep getting hassled. You know, he says, uh, following a nigga and shit, ain't this, ain't this a bitch? All I wanted was some chips. I want to take my business elsewhere, but where? Because who in the hell cares about a black man with a need? They want to jack me like some kind of crack fiend. I wonder if he knows that my income is more than his pension, salary, and then some. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's like... Again, you have the lyricism, you have the storytelling, and you have the message. He brings all of that shit together. Then we have Violent, which uses a sample of Shaba Rank's uh, Pirates, which I fucking love. Demacalas Pirates, Demacalas Illegal Broadcasters. Oh, I wanted to quote this verse, but it's literally, I, I would have to quote the entire goddamn verse. It's just, just like, at this point, like, just fucking listen to it. Like, it is just good music, man. I don't know what else to fucking say to you. Just fucking listen to it. In fact, you know what? It would be easier to just point out what the not good stuff is, actually. Right. Like, <laughs> And uh, that is where it comes to the other song I didn't care for because it was barely a song, Something Wicked. I, I was just about to say. Because, my God, dude, I get it. Something Wicked This Way Comes. Like... He says it like 30 goddamn times in a it's row. It's like one verse, and it's surrounded by this super long chorus, and it's like, was this just to break up the sort of feel of this, the album so far? Because it's not catchy, it's not, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, like, I, I was literally like, this could not have been in the album, and no one would have lost anything. It's actually the shortest song on the album, it's just like, after a while, just like, um, you've been so intelligent this whole time, what the hell is this, you know? like Yeah, it doesn't need it, at all. And yeah, honestly... The rest of the album is great, I, I would say. Like, the rest of the album is fucking solid. Okay, I, I actually had two other songs that I didn't like. Uh, Crooked Ass Nigga. I didn't like it because I didn't feel like it was as intelligent as gangster rap as the other shit. I, I, would, I would agree, but as its own song, I liked it. Like, compared to the rest of the album, it's probably yeah. not on the same level, like you said, intelligently or, like, consciously. Yeah, it doesn't put in that same perspective that I saw. So, like, for that to be here at this point, it feels like, um, I know you can do better, so what is this? Okay, you know? yeah, I could see that. And uh, then, um, The Lunatic, I didn't like that. Because oh, yeah. 
Because, like, ooh, I'm a lunatic. It's like, no, you're not. You're Tupac. You're a very intelligent person. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. You know, it's like... <laughs> I can't buy like, this. Older, you have old dirty bastard came out and was like, I'm the lunatic. It's like, all right, I believe him, you know? Sure is. <laughs> and he wouldn't even fucking have to tell you. You'd fucking yeah, know right away. Exactly. Now, if, if someone has to tell you they're a lunatic, they're not a lunatic. <laughs> it's like, oh, I sure am crazy. Like, it reminds me of that B.O.B. song. Like, oh, I'm out of my mind. Ooh, I sure am crazy. I mean, turns out he actually was out of his mind, but still. He's trying to warn us, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's two songs I want to get to on this album that kind of made me tear up a little bit, man. Mm. I, I really listened to the ly- lyrics of Brenda's Got a Baby for the first yeah. time. Yeah. At, like, it, it always just sort of, you know, it's just the generic story of like, oh, girl who has a baby and can't keep it. But it was like, as I looked, like, little details that I had never heard because, you know, the, the play on words or just like he was, he said something so fast that I just didn't hear it. So, you know, he starts off saying, uh, I remember he says, uh, um, you know, uh, Brenda's got a baby. Brenda's barely got a brain. And someone says, that's not our problem. That's under, up to Brenda's family. And he says, well, let me show you how it affects our whole community. And he really did illustrate that, like, as he goes through the song, because it's like, you know, he talks about how this affects family, he talks about how that manifests itself, because, you know, this person turns to prostitution and, and, and all these things, it's like, this is how the system keeps people down in a certain way, because mm. it tells them you can't be anything more than this, you know? And it's like, he's using this individual story to tell a story about, you know, the, the wider community, you know what I'm saying? And then... When he talks about how, what does he said? He said, uh, Brenda got herself a boyfriend. Her boyfriend was her cousin. And I was like, oh my God, I never, I never heard that. Yeah, I, I missed out on that I never heard that too. part. And it's like, well that, and then it's like, that's especially why she's trying to hide the pregnancy. Oh. It's like, well, who's the dad? I'm like, oh my God. And then, like, you see this family, like, that doesn't really care about her because, you know, her mom's, like, you know, uh, uh, dealing with her own shit. She doesn't really care about, you know, creating a loving family. She's just trying to get by herself. She doesn't really care about taking care of her kid, you know? And it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. Dude, and then, like, when I started seeing these details, these little things that I'd missed, and then on top of the details that I got before, man, dude, I started to tear up a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie. When he Mm. gets to that part where he says... And excuse me if this is going to be a little bit much, but he says, um, she's in love. She's 12 years old and she's having a baby in love with a molester who's sexing her crazy. But she has dreams where the two of them are together. But uh, whatever. He left her and she had the baby solo. She had it on the bathroom floor and didn't know. So she didn't know what to throw and what throw away and what to keep. She wrapped the baby up and threw him in a trash heap, but didn't realize how much that little baby had her eyes. It's just like, oh, my God. And then the way it ends, I never I never heard these lyrics. He says, so what's next? There ain't nothing left to sell, so she sees sex as a way of leaving hell. It's paying the rent, so she really can't complain. Prostitute found slain, and Brenda's her name. She had a baby. And it's just like, I never heard the prostitute found slain part. Like, like, like it's a, like, because you know what's awesome about that? It treats this whole, like, we showed you the humanity of this person. But all you see when you open the newspaper is prostitute found slain. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see the reality of behind that news story. And I was like, oh my God, because this song was inspired by him seeing a news story, you know? And he's just like, people never really care about the reality of what someone went through. And I was like, Jesus, man, that shit hit me hard. Like, if that shit's not labeled, if this ain't a classic just because of that song, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. We get part-time mother. With the, with the part-time lover sample. Oh! <laughs> when I heard part-time mother, at first I thought, oh, he's just gonna say, you know, I'm a part-time motherfucker, you know, like... Right. 
Yo! And, he, and he does kind of get there, but not in the way you'd think. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, the first verse is okay. The second verse, where Angelique, I've never heard of this female rapper before, but who the fuck is she? Where did she come from? Why has she not had Where'd an she album? go? Yeah, exactly. Who the fuck is this person? Because this... Okay, there are other features on this album. There are other featured rappers on this album, and fuck every single one of them. <laughs> like, no disrespect, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Compared to what this woman was saying on here, like... I ain't need to hear nobody else's verses. Call me naive, okay? But I grew up in a family where, at least as far as I was con- I knew, no one molested anyone. You know? Like, that wasn't a thing. And then to see that someone, like, that was a part. And, you know, for anyone who's going through this, I'm sorry, you can stop this video if you want, because I understand this is a very serious topic. Um, But, you know, just to... The things that she said humanized abuse in a way that I had never really thought of before. Um, I don't even I don't even want to quote it, man. Just listen to the fucking song. Like, I would not be doing it justice. It was just it humanized women's abuse in a way that I was just like, if you would have heard this song in 1991, I don't understand how you could still be a piece of shit today. Is all I would say. You know, like, like, I don't understand. I mean, I understand this song wasn't that popular, but it's just like, man, how does a perspective like this come out into the world? And this isn't fucking because, you know, we, nowadays we see that all the time. People will, you know, a little rap verse that they had on a song that wasn't really like, you know, a big uh, supposed to be the big hit. You know what I'm saying? People will pay attention to little shit like that. But I'm like, how did people miss this? Because this hurt. I have never heard. Like, I'm thinking back, like, 1991? Before 1991? No female rappers were allowed to have the mic and say this sort of thing. I, I don't know about for you, but for me, uh, for all of those wonderful moments, but unfortunately for me, like, just three or four songs that kind of took it down. I, I give it a solid four out of five. I would also agree. Uh, I I'd say a four, yeah. Now, here is where I think people are going to be a little upset. <laughs> you know you know they're coming Ooh, they're like that, what you got uh, you gave that a four that wasn't five you know and it wasn't a three so what you about to say about cardi <laughs> what you about to say about this person that mind you you know is a mainstream artist so we already don't take seriously you know what, what, what you about to say about this woman like I, yo i'm gonna let you go first homie i'm gonna let you go first um i would give uh cardi b's full-length debut either a four and a half or a five <laughs> at least i'm not alone <laughs> <laughs> we're going down together <laughs> we're gonna get the little xan treatment <laughs> they said cardi b was better than tupac <laughs> burn it to the ground goddamn heads <laughs> oh man if they, if they weren't coming after us last week woo! who can relate Nobody, apparently. <laughs> I can hear it. I, I can feel the comment section coming at us. Oh, they are frantically. The fucking keyboards are on you can fire. Hear, you can hear the... You can hear the... Oh, it's just... You can hear it? <laughs> they're just smacking their goddamn keyboards. They're not even saying anything. They're just fucking... <laughs> it's just word just walls of letters of and numbers. <laughs> so, fucking Cardi B, dude, uh, did not disappoint. You know what? Actually, no. I'm gonna. I, I was about to say she didn't disappoint. She far and away exceeded. 
Expectations, for sure. Because just going off Bodak Yellow and... Bardier Cardi, which I'm not going to lie, I didn't really like as much. I liked Bodak Yellow, and I bumped that a lot. The other one, I didn't really fuck with too much. But, like, I knew she had talent, and I knew she was going to... Like, she has the energy, she has got the style, the attitude. So, I was excited to hear a full-length album. Didn't fucking expect this shit. Yeah, man. This album is fucking awesome. It is solid as fuck. There's flavor, there's style, there's fucking... There's intricacy and lyricism in a way that motherfuckers are not doing today and i honestly feel a part of it is because she is a woman who was allowed to just tell her fucking story i think because of that low expectation that i feel like people had like oh she's just a dumb you know reality star i didn't even know that about her i didn't know that she you know i don't watch that she's on love and hip-hop yeah i didn't even know that when bodek yellow dropped because i don't fucking pay attention to it yeah, like, I didn't realize Love and Hip Hop had been around so long. They are having, like, 10-year reunions and shit. Like, oh, goddamn. Like, yeah. I have not been watching this shit, you know. Or, or Love and uh, Basketball or whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, some show that's been around on BET that's basically, hey, mm-hmm. let's make black reality shows, you know. First words, man. She says, look, they give a bitch two options, stripping or lose. Used to dance in a club right across from my school. Now... That already told you something about her life, right? And and this is something that I feel like I've wanted to talk about, but and I have talked about, but I felt like I wasn't the right person to say it. Because when I did, I felt like, you know, there were some black m- women that did approach me in my personal life and were kind of like, eh, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about you saying this, right? You know, the idea that um, you know, Nicki Minaj, these type of artists have to use sex in order to sell. And, you know, I like pointing that out and being like, well, of course, the male artist doesn't have to sexualize themselves in order to sell. No, they have women around them that are sexy. But for Nicki Minaj, she has to be the sexy thing, you know? She has to, you know, be the one, like, showing literally everything. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it never felt like and it, was, it, it was in a way that was, that was dominant. It always felt like it was in a way where the camera's perving on her. You know, and it's like, I, and I don't know how to fucking explain the difference between this and Janelle Monet, other than Janelle Monet just seems like there's more going on in the music. You know, there's more going on in the in the storytelling and the lyricism. Nicki Minaj is good when she's not sexually exploiting herself, but I feel like whenever she does, her lyricism always takes a backseat. You know, um, and and my problem with that is I feel like. A lot of black female artists do get put in that lane of, well, are you going to be sexy or not? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, when I saw the Anaconda video, or, or no, when I saw the picture before I even saw the video, it was just like, I wasn't even like, oh, I'm so incensed that it, it was just kind of like, yeah, once again, black woman being sold just for her body. You know what I mean? Not nah, see, so, I really like that song, though. So huh? no, I understand. I'm saying <laughs> just for me. I'm just saying for me. That's how I felt about it D- with the experiences that I've had a- as a person. You know, um, and, and like the experiences that I've had colored that song in a way that just it made it hard for me to enjoy it. You know, and and there are people that make because you know my point is you know uh, one of the person that was talking to me is like hey you know I like to shake my ass to that song you know like when I'm by myself yeah, I like to be naked look in the mirror you know do my thing you know and I was like that's cool like that's. That's who you as an individual are who is listening to this other person who you identify with doing that, you know? What I have a problem with is putting that out there for black men to see, for, you know, white men to see. You know what I'm saying? That like, Because it just feels like it's falling into that same pattern of sexualization and nothing else. 
you know like there's no artistry there's no there's no talent there's no real humor it's just you're sexy and that's it and so when i hear so wrapping it all back around when i hear cardi b start start off her verse with saying i only had two options that's exactly the point that I was saying. It's like, I don't have a problem with a woman being sexual. I have a problem if that if it feels like that's the only thing she's allowed to be. And you know, and you see, you, know, like you saw the fucking mission statement of that in, in her very first words. I only had two options, stripping or lose. And then on top of that, I used to dance in a club right across from my school. Now you see how I've already danced like this shit? We barely even gotten into the album yet, you know? And because the next line is, I said dance, not fuck. Don't get it confused. Had to set the record straight because some of these bitches like to assume. I'm like, yo! Because, <laughs> like, it's not only she's dropping knowledge, but she's still street on your ass, you know? Like, she's not, she's not fucking selling out on some bullshit. And, in fact, some of the songs where, where she did do more poppy stuff, I'm not going to lie. I love that, too, man. Oh, fuck yeah. Be careful. With- did this album, like the Tupac album, bit of everything? You know, yeah. like it's got something for just about everybody. It was it was a beautiful like like little things that I as a critic listen to for in an artist like intent, right? You know, so you know, on her other songs she needs to be hardcore, you hear the you hear you hear the New York, you hear the Bronx, you hear that hard, rough voice that she has to put on in order to survive in that world, right? And then on be careful, her voice is higher, her voice is softer, her voice is you know, it sounds almost, you know, breaking. You know, and man, like it, you, you felt so bad for her when she talks about, you know, it's like, you know, basically it's like, I have to be hard for all these motherfuckers. And I exposed, you know, who I truly am to you and you hurt me. You know, it's like, oh my God. And when she ends the verse, this fucking karma, she says, uh, it's not my MO. I'm not that type of bitch. And karma for you is going to be who you end up with. You make me sick, nigga. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) I just saw, I like it. And I just saw Spanish jam (laughs) as my note. Oh yeah. Bro. It is a Spanish jam. That was pretty accurate. I didn't understand two thirds of that goddamn song, but I don't give a shit. Oh my God. The fucking sample on that was awesome. I love that shit. I like it like that. I love... Oh, and you know what I also love? I don't know if anyone else notices this, but, like, after it repeats, like, the first time, it's slightly offbeat. Oh. And I love it. I love that little syncopation that they did there. And it's, like, it's it's hard to explain, but it's just, like, that is so cool. (laughs) You know? Um... But anyway, I don't, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but it just sounded dope. And you already know Bodak Yellow. In fact, I'm kind of surprised it was on the album. I, I was really surprised, too. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they were going to leave that shit off. Because it's like, I mean, it's been like over half a year at this point. I felt it was a promo single, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. But I guess there's no ignoring that, like, it's a really fucking popular song. So. Yeah, because if people see this in the store, what they're going to do is look on the back and say, is this the one that has Bodak Yellow on it? Does it have Bodak you know. Yellow? Does it have the fucking Migos song? Does it have that other one? Yeah, That's yeah. another song I didn't really care for, by the way. Drip? Me neither. Dude, like, two out of three of those dudes did not bring it on Man, that song. fuck Migos. I'm so... I don't care at all for Migos. I just don't get it. They're randomly nice sometimes, and it, it confuses me. Because it's like, now I know you can be good. Like, so Ring... That was also kind of dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she was like, 
once again, delving into, you know, problems that women go through. You know, he says, you don't want this gun smoke. Learn to text with your nose if your thumb broke. I don't <laughs> care if we get into it and I stall on your ass. I better still wake up from missed calls from your ass. <laughs> like, it's just like, your ass better be trying to fucking apologize. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Ring on my phone. Ring on my finger. You acting like you ain't trying to do either. Once a good girl, watch me turn diva. Here go my heart. I put it on speaker. I was like, oh, snap. That was pretty slick, you know? Um, Moneybag was cool. Uh, I felt like that was the weakest. Well, other than Barty A. Cardi, but... There was just, like, this weird sort of, like, uh, near the end part of the album where, like, the choruses just went on for a really long time. Barty A. Cardi kind of felt like it was just, like... You know, I just don't like that song in general. I feel like 21 Savage has the weakest verse on the entire, like, of all the guest verses. You know what I'm saying? Money bag. It, it, it felt like there was a verse starting and they were like, oh, oh, that was just the chorus. And then the absolute worst, which kind of kind of made me take back, almost made me take back what I said about the long choruses. Because, like, She Bad was literally just, that ass, that ass, that ass, that ass, that ass. Like, it sounded like they got the dude from fucking Ass and Titties. To do this fucking... <laughs> that ass. That ass. That ass. Like, please, please stop. Now you're making me second guess my rating. Mm. All things considered, now now it's down to like a four. Oh, yeah. I, I gave it more like a four as well. What was the, the one lyric she said? The, you really want them hoes? You can have them bitches. You don't even cheat with no bad bitches. I love that. I love that, like, humanity there. It's like, you gotta cheat on me. Can, she, the, can the bitch at least be hot? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> that's just making me angrier. <laughs> oh, and and the way she ends it, right? She says, "I'm getting more mad at you, thinking about stabbing you. Uh, don't even know that you don't even know that you this close to dying. You're gonna wake up like, why you got an attitude?" And I love that. I love that it's like illustrative of like the ignorance of some men, right? Or just like, yeah. what were you so mad <laughs> It's like you you don't even know that you failed the test, bro. Like <laughs> you didn't even know that there was a test today. Like you just walked in. Like, well, what are we learning today, Teach? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and see, again, j- just illustrating the, the growth uh, of the artist, um, Cardi had a very similar song on, on one of her EPs called uh, Leave That Bitch Alone, mm-hmm. where it was basically, I'm coming for your ass because you cheated on me. And it was a song that had that skit before where it was like, Oh, yeah. He's like, where are you going with that sword? Like, she's literally <laughs> chasing a fucking dude down with a goddamn sword. That was a fucking funny-ass skit, bro. It was, it was. But see, like, this this album, even though it had some kind of, you know, whatever, weak pop moments, this album is what I wished Cupcake's album was. Mmm, I feel like, you and I know I'm gonna catch some shit, especially from the queer folks out there, because fucking Cupcake is like she she's fucking goddess right now. I I can't lie that I ended up liking this album a little bit more than the fucking Cupcake album, and it also had more uh memorable parts. You know, like I can't just come and say that you know I'm still listening to that Cupcake album because honestly I'm not. You know. But there's songs on here that I think I will be listening to months from now. Cardi came on this CD sounding like, like, almost like a mix of Cupcake and Samus. Mm. Where it was like a little bit of like what you like from both. It was like, I like where Samus comes from with her personal stories and how she, and how she like bears it all. 
but I also like how nasty Cupcake can be. Right, right, right. Can I mix these two? <laughs> and Cardi, who, despite her, like, her personality and her reputation of being this fucking, like, wild spirit, right? She's actually kind of reserved on the album. Like, she doesn't go nearly as far as, like, I got them spoiled milk titties or, yeah. like, all that, like, nasty shit that, that you hear yeah, on, like, yeah. the fucking cupcake. Like, this, I think, is more accessible to people. Oh, yo. She had that one look. Yo. She says, that's why a bitch is so cold. I'm a gangster in the dress. I'm a bully in the bed. Mm. Only time I'm a ladies when I ladies host to rest. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> How? She saved that for the last fucking song. <laughs> Oh, we we fucking, we skipped that one great line. She said some shit on here that straight up, like, I I was in my feelings, bro. Like, like, look, the very last thing she says, I say what I want. I ain't never been timid. Only real shit comes out my mouth and only real niggas go in it. I was like, oh, shit. And then, then the way it's like, here's a word to my ladies. Don't give these niggas none. If they can't make you richer, they can't make you come. I was like... Oh, shit. <laughs> in She Bad, the song, which I think was the one with shitty-ass YG yeah. in it, which is unfortunate. She says, um, I need Chrissy Teigen. Know a bad bitch when I see one. Tell Riri I need a threesome. Hey! Oh, fuck. <laughs> Fucking Chrissy Teigen retweeted that line on Twitter uh. and just captioned it, gasp. Asterisks drops biscuit. Asterisk. <laughs> no, should have. No, it, dude. If I if I'm fucking Riri, I would have retweeted that shit and been like, "No men allowed." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, do your thing, bro. Do your fucking thing. Yo, I can't do nothing but respect. Like when I hear this shit, all I hear is like, you know, rappers were speaking up against, you know, uh, uh whatever they were told not to speak up against back in the day, right? Like, you told me that I shouldn't speak up about how I'm being treated, but I fucking will, you know? We deal with so much shit. Women deal with so much shit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, oh, oh, well, black people, as far as, like, you know, rappers in the 90s, like, we deal with so much shit, we're finally giving it to you raw, and you can't escape it. Oh, my fucking God, I forgot about that one song in um on uh, Tupac's album where he was talking about, like, basically treating America like it's in a court. And he's like, I charge you with oh uh, my exploiting God. my people. And does that, I was like, holy fucking shit. This shit goes so goddamn hard. That was so fucking good. I completely forgot about that shit. But oh, God words damn, of yeah. wisdom. But anyway, yeah. Whereas, you know, in that part, it's like, you see this motherfucker speaking his goddamn mind. You can't tell him any different. You know, like, you see this woman. She's finally has a platform to speak her fucking mind. And you know what? For once, like, I'm tired of ha women having to be the moral good girls who do everything. No. If you can't give me some motherfucking money, you can't make me come, bitch. I was like, holy shit. All right. All right. <laughs> you know? Respect. Okay. Okay. Do your thing. You know? I ain't going to be one of those dudes who's like, because you know, you know, you can hear the faces screwing up. You know? Like, who does this bitch think that she is? Oh, yeah. You know? I'm like, y'all, keep him mad. Keep him mad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that, that's that shit, right? That's what kept hip-hop alive, you know? Keeping people fucking talking. Keeping people, keeping shit controversial. Keeping people mad. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Dude, no, none of those fucking crybabies who was mad about, you know, Ghostbusters and Star Wars. They definitely ain't trying to hear this shit. <laughs> I would take a female rapper saying, if, if, if you're... If you're not making money, you can't fuck with me over some guy being like, she didn't do this thing right and I beat her ass. You know, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone just... 
I'm not gonna fuck with you because you don't got money. People could say like, oh well, that's shaming people for their economic status or whatever. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, but also Let, let's put it in perspective. <laughs> you got women who really haven't been able to say what they want or make demands in relationships for maybe like 30, 40 years. Like, it's still a relatively new thing to where the point where you're saying, yeah, it's still going to get in people's feelings. People are still going to feel some type of way because people aren't used to it yet. I don't see anything wrong with that, especially if it's like what people want in their life. Like, you can't really blame them for that, especially if it's not hurting anybody. I just love art that makes people uncomfortable, you know? Like, but but for a reason, right? You know, because the, the reason why she's saying all this shit is because, you know, how many women, I mean... Guys, we I, we just showed you, you know, Tupacalypse Now, Brenda's Got a Baby, about this woman who was ignored by the entire, you know, the entire fucking world by her parents, you know? And we see stories all the time of women being neglected and not being heard, you know? And so for the first time, yeah, you know what? Hey, here is this woman's voice in hip-hop. And you know what's going to be problematic? But fuck it, you didn't listen to me when I was being nice. So, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that that's kind of that spirit, right? That's what Tupac said back in the day, right? He's like, you know, you ever seen that infamous interview where he's like, you know, for the longest time, black people have been begging, right? You know, we've been saying, you know, Hun we're hungry, please let us in. We're hungry, please let us in. You know, we make songs. Eventually, we're like, we need food. We need food. We need food. You know, like, the message gets simpler. Eventually, it's like, yo, open up the motherfucking door. Open up the motherfucking door. Eventually, it's, I'm picking the lock. I'm coming through the door blasting, bitch. You know what I'm saying? It's like, when you deny people and you deny them for so long you can't get mad when they respond in a way that's not perfect and i feel like that's ultimately what i'm getting at like with all of what i think is an interesting parallel between these two artists you know and it's like because with tupac you hear the anger of a black man who who's finally getting a voice and who's never been listened to and you see all of this stuff coming out of him all of this genius all of this perspective that you know excuse me, a lot of hip-hop and just the general discourse would ha had been able to ignore for so long you know, and I'm not saying Cardi B is going to be like the next Tupac. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying relatively, like, do you see like why it's important? You know, why it's important to have this for the very first fucking time, as far as I know, first, uh, like, uh, Latina, uh, you know, black woman to have like a number one album, I believe. I think enough of a reason to still have this discussion is Tupac's song came out in 1991 and you could easily release that same exact song today because things haven't gotten any better. So all the fucking minorities, ethnicities out there making your music, bro, that I don't even know about, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I want to see a trans rapper come out next year and fucking shit on people. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get everybody involved in this because it's all love, man. But the whole Tupac thing was a Patreon-requested album review. And if you have albums that you would like to hear us talk about, you can request one. Just head on over to either of our Patreons. That's patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Check it out for details. Check us out on Twitter. Follow us on there. Obviously, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, now more than ever, we can always use the help. And kind of goes without saying that Patreon is obviously appreciated too. <laughs> and until next week for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. I'm the Rap Critic. So me and my friends... You know, we, we had this joke about, uh, uh, you know, we, we people come up with euphemisms for vagina. And one of them was, that we came up with was, that pink? And, <laughs> like, saying it specifically like that. I'm trying to get some of, that pink? And, <laughs> and uh, um, 
what was it? Uh, so on the so that was the first thing I thought of when I saw this Janelle Mo- uh, Janelle Monae song. But on top of that, uh, one day my friend was like fucking with me, and you know we heard like uh, what's the name of that song? Raise your glass on the radio, and my friend was like, "Hey, is that pink?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave you with that. 